Welcome to the latest episode of Laundry Talks, and I can't wait to introduce today's guest in just a minute. But first, a quick recap. Uh, This podcast is for having great conversations with industry leaders. We're only a couple of episodes in so far. We focused on some of the evolution of technology in the laundry industry in the first few episodes, but we're going to cover a whole lot more than that this season. One of the things about this podcast is it's for everyone in the textile rental space. It doesn't matter if you're an operator or a supplier, an owner, a GM, if you're in service, AR, production, or even on the route. Last episode, we talked uh, a bit about technology and tools that can help your RSRs on the route become superstars. And if you're interested in a simple and easy to use calculator to learn a little bit about how much you can save time and money on the route by implementing handheld technology. You can check that out using the link below. And the technology is amazing when it's used properly. So one of the ways um, we have to, to figure out how to use technology properly is through training, coaching, and then repeating those steps over and over again. And I'm hoping today's guest can help us sort through some of my questions that I have. She's someone who has done almost everything there is to do in the textile rental industry. She's been on the operator side, the supplier side. She's worked for an independent laundry and a national chain. She's a speaker and a trainer and someone I've had the pleasure of learning from many times myself. I'd like to welcome the general manager of Consumer Textile Corp based out of Clinton, Oklahoma. Dana Horn. Thanks for being here, Dana. This is the podcast for the textile rental operator community to learn new things, share ideas, and drive conversations. Welcome to Laundry Talks with your host, Eric Smith. This episode is brought to you by Alliance Systems. Thank you so much for inviting me. I was excited to get on here and interact with the Alliant team. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I guess before I jump into some of the um, some of my questions, the most important one, I'm going to get right out of the way, uh, right at the beginning here. Tell me a little bit about who I'm seeing on this calendar in the background over your shoulder. Uh, I didn't know y'all could see it right now. I can't see it on my screen. But um, if you know me um, or if you um, met me in the past or whatever, probably t- one topic of my conversation will be my dogs. Um, my husband and I love our animals very much. And um, we have two chocolate labs that they um, don't mind for me to dress them up uh, for the holidays. (laughs) They're uh, good participants in that. So I created a calendar because my friends and family get a kick out of it. So I created a holiday calendar that has them on there. So um, they're very well trained. My husband does AKC and UKC hunt tests with them, but um, they're also family dogs. So they don't mind, you know, dressing up for mommy. They're really good sports. What are their, yes. what are their names? Chief and Arrow. So are, kind of go are, they, the, are they brothers? No, a sister. And she's okay. from Louisiana. And um, Chief is from uh, Wisconsin. Okay. Well, cool. That, now that we got the important stuff out of the way, we yeah. can talk some business. But tell me a little bit about uh, your role and, and CTC. Uh, tell me a little bit about the company. CTC is out of Clinton, Oklahoma. Uh, I am currently running, their, uh, being their GM, running as a GM there, which is non-traditional because I live in Clinton, North Carolina. 
And so (laughs) a lot of people wonder, how does that work? Well, you know, I've worked for home from home for over 12 years and I travel out there once a month to if there's other things going on, of course, I'll be out there. I am available by phone, Zoom, um, constantly in contact with them, email. So it is like I'm just there, you know, but um, I also enjoy traveling to get there on the floor with them as well. Um, A typical GM role for being away. Uh, but it is working. It is. Um, I'm a big trainer, as y'all know from my past and what I like to do. That's part of just who I am is training. And so um, a lot of what I'm doing here is training and training. You know, most GMs are always focused just on the numbers and they're looking how the company's going. That's what a business does, right? You're in there for profit. Um so I'll look at that, but I also, I need my people to understand what those numbers mean, where they're coming from, what, how to work with them, um, not manipulate them, but have true numbers and doing the right processes and practices for that. And I've noticed in even me being in the industry for over 20 years, numbers are thrown out to people, um, but they don't understand what they truly are, what they mean or how to Managed by them or work with them. Uh, I've noticed with a lot of employees, they'll nod their head and say, yeah, I understand because they don't feel comfortable saying, I don't understand. I truly don't. You know, they don't want to feel less. Um, So I really get down there and break it down and try to get them to truly understand the numbers, just like you would at home, you know, budgeting or running your own business. So they have that knowledge and feel more confident and secure in the decisions that they're making. And that's, um, thank you for sharing all that. What, tell me a little bit also about the kind of the product mix and the industries you serve uh, as at CTC. Yeah. So as we all know, in the industry, it depends on where you're at, where you're located, right? Clinton, Oklahoma is very rural. It is, um, you know, it's about an hour and 15, hour and a half from Oklahoma City. So there's a lot of small towns on the way there. It's also a lot of, um, ranchers. There's a lot of um, oil fields, a lot, you know, that's a big part of our clientele. Um, so we have these small rural, you know, mom and pop places in a majority of places. And then we have, you know, some of our um, Oklahoma City lot in areas that are bigger. But what we are, uh, our mix is mostly, we have a mix of all, but we're dominant more in dust. Because you've been to Oklahoma, you know there's wind, there's red clay. We, they, these customers need mats, right, um, to have that clean atmosphere, the image that our industry portrays. And that's what I always try to get to people. We are image makers, right? So you want that clean image. Um, so a heavy in dust going into linen next. Uniforms, a little bit less. Um, but we also have three dry cleaners and retail that we do and janitorial products. So we're kind of have it all um, in a mix of stuff, but we're really trying to narrow down those skews to what we do best currently. And that's, that's fairly common when you, you're, you are, I think you said it correct, when it depends on where you are. And usually when you get into the more rural areas, uh, you find that you kind of end up dipping into a little bit of everything because that's what that's what is needed um, versus being able to specialize. Yeah, the owner of CTC, she has a big heart for locals and local grown local communities. And a lot of the big players 
they won't touch those small towns. They won't touch the small um, communities. And so those communities sometimes don't have many options. So with us being a wide range of stuff, of things, we're able to provide those options to them and support local and small town communities. Perfect. So I, some of the questions I've got are gonna get into a little bit of the training for, for route service reps, uh, but kind of a lead in question to that is, um, you also have some national chain experience, and I think that was maybe how you first got in the industry. Do you mind sharing a little bit how you found yourself? I always like to know how someone found themselves working in the laundry industry, and uh, kind of tell me a little bit about how you got your start. Yeah, isn't that funny? I think, yeah, there's a lot of hilarious stories about how people get in the industry, and um, it's not usually chosen, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things and not many people really even know it's out there, even though we can be in any business. Um, I, like I said, I live in a small rural town. That's my home. That's what I always tell people. Home is where the heart is. And mine is a small rural town. Not a lot of opportunities here. I got my master's degree in accounting and thought, you know, I'm going to be an accountant and decided my personality in accounting did not always work together. I was getting very bored. I'm a social person. I love to interact with others. And um, so I saw an ad for a management trainee at CentOS and um, applied. I was very persistent. It took me like three months to get on. My husband was wondering what in the world we have all this college debt to pay for and you're wanting to go wear a uniform. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's actually how I got in. I um, They... It was funny. I always tell the story and because people will judge you by your appearance and your looks. I mean, that's just natural. They say you're not going to. Um, I was rejected at first because they said I was a priss, um, a woman that basically couldn't do the job. And I'm not offended by those things. I can understand looking because we're in a very physical job. We're very dirty. Right. Um, but they don't understand country girls. And country girls get dirty. <laughs> and uh, so that's Dave Graham, which many people know. He was a legend in the industry and my mentor. He's the one that saw me and saw potential in me and hired me to come on. Um, I'll always be grateful to him for that. Unfortunately, he passed away earlier this year. And um, hard thing for me. Very hard thing for me. But um, he took a chance on me, got me in the door. and. He challenged me to the utmost. He was one that would ask you a question to do something. And you're sitting there nodding your head and saying yes, but really you're thinking. <laughs> so um, I, I learned a lot from him and him pushing me to my limits. Well, good. That's a, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sorry for your loss. Um, so you may, you may have heard before, uh, during the intro, before I introduced you, uh, I was talking a little bit about how technology has has removed a lot of the manual tasks that RSRs used to do in their job. But I want to go back for a minute uh, and talk about what that job was like before we had some of that technology. So we're talking about uh, route service reps going out on the route with manual invoices. Everything was paper. And at that time, most most companies had some form of a face-to-face review slash check-in between the, the route service rep or customer service rep 
uh, whatever your terms are, and a supervisor. And I kind of want to know from you, why was that process so important? And what, what were the goals of that face-to-face -face interaction? I think back then, and something we don't need to lose today, it was to make sure you know, you're not only the money's coming in correct, you know, that's the basics, but the, the people, the route reps understood their job. They understood the tasks that were at hand. And like I'll tell many people, there is so many things we put on a route rep. Um, and we keep adding that on, adding and adding on. Even the technology may make it a little bit easier. There's still a lot of tasks, a lot of interaction with the customer, a lot of things to remember. Um, so I think the important thing is that coaching and training that they get from route check-in, it's not a check the box. Um, and before there was a lot of things that were check the box, which the handhelds can do now. I think the evolution of that is, yeah, you can get those, that little technical stuff out of the way, but this is more of a business strategy session now, right? Um, how are we going, what did we do today? What can we improve on what we did today? What can we change? What can we, um, what do we need to follow up on? And then for tomorrow, how do we pre-plan for tomorrow? I think an important thing in this too is the route reps need to understand they're not alone and they have support and guidance. Um, I've been, I've done plenty of route rides all over the U.S. and Canada. And one of the most common things I would hear is that I feel like I'm on an island alone. If I come in and I don't check in with somebody, um, especially if I have a late route, everybody else is gone. I get back and there's nobody there to support me or for me to talk to or ask my questions to. That can be hard for a route rep. Kind of mixed your question up there a little bit. But I don't see a lot of change from when it was back in the day to now. There's still goals that when I was with CentOS, I wrote a program or I had actually a training college. Um, program I created for route check-in people um, so that they step-by-step -step knew what to do, what to ask, how to coach with their people um, going over the goals because you had your KPIs, right? You had those things that they had to achieve. And if they come in and you're checking in, it's easier to correct an action right then that it happened that day versus coming back a month later looking at numbers and saying oh why'd you do this right if you can go ahead and course correct immediately you have less issues so you're being preventative versus reactive and and you and you t you even told me because if you're familiar with how that process you know from a manager's perspective you understand what the process is like for a new route rep who's coming into this industry and doesn't know you know there's things that uh, maybe sometimes they're just assumed that they're going to know how to do. And I, in fact, I think you've told me a funny story about how simple training needs to get. And you were, t you were sharing a funny story before we talked today. I don't know if you want to to talk yeah, a little bit about that. I've noticed, remember, and, and a lot of my trainings, I'll tell people what assuming does. And I'm guilty of assuming sometimes as well. So um, we have to take it back to step-by-step step one, two, three. And I think route check-in is the perfect place to train and have that basically a continuous training, continuous education, right? Uh, because every day something different is going to happen. There's going to be a new situation that needs to be coached upon. But we have to not assume that they know how to handle all those instances. And you have to have a step-by-step -step process for people Today, in today's world, like I said, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things going on. 
especially with the technology, you know, the phones and everything they're looking at, it could be a big jumble of stuff in their head. So how do we make it simpler? And the funny thing I was telling them last week, I was talking about training some of my people. I was in um, our team. I was in Oklahoma and I looked down at my McDonald's cup and on the cup, you know, it says ice to this line. They actually have a line that they fill the ice to or have to be told where to fill it to now. And only tea and soft drinks can go in this cup, like another sign. So we're having to really step-by-step, one, two, three, break things down for people. And that's hard for some of us, especially if you're old school and just assume and think, hey, this is common sense. This is what you need to do, right? Stop thinking for people and make it as simple as possible. Make it one, two, three. That is my biggest advice now because we all know there's new people coming in. There's a lot of turnover. Um, coming in just because y'all heard me speak on it many times, uh, the new generations coming in and their thought processes are a little bit different. Their longevity is a little bit different in, in workplaces. Um, so how do we make it super, super simple for them and for us, right? Because we don't want to go back and course correct what they did if we didn't train them correctly up front. Yeah. And so we have, like I said, this is such, such a great discussion. We have technology that handles all these manual tasks that we used to do. So we don't have to do you know, enforcement of pricing and enforcement of minimums and getting the invoices signed and all that stuff. Uh, we, we can take that away, but that interaction uh, at check-in with someone so they don't feel alone is a great place to have discussions about customers you know, that, are, that have a large AR balance or uh, customers that are coming up for renewal. And, and, and the thing that you said was that, you know, that face-to-face isn't so much about what we just did today. It's, it's planning for tomorrow. You know, one of the things, um, even the younger generation, and I think older, older generations too, they like to have somebody they can talk to and shoot ideas back and forth with um, to be in the know and understand because route reps miss a lot during the day. They're out of the building. They don't know what's all going on in the facility, the plant, you know, that's their catch up point. And so if we take that away from them, they are on an island alone. Right. So how do we communicate? How do we still touch base with them to make them feel part of the team? Because guess what? They're the big, one of the biggest parts of the team. They're servicing our customers. That's how we make money. They're the face to face of our customers. So we need to take that time and have some interaction with them. So I, I, I'll tell you, even when I was leaving CentOS, um, whew, what, 2011, I think is when I left, I noticed they were getting away from route check-in. And I don't know if they came, brought it back, or turned it different. But this is me trying to read people a little bit more. Um, that's one of the big things I do and why I like to train and work with people um, is try, try to read their feelings and how what their connection points are. And their connections is not just with technology sometimes. It makes it easier for them. It's great. But how do I have somebody to communicate with, talk to about, and train me, and even support me and give me kudos when I do something good? You know, people love that pat on the back. And how are they going to get it if they just check the box and don't have anybody to talk to? Yeah, and I see, and it's not just a national chain. I, I see that as a trend that, uh, again, as the technology's improved, that's been a place where I think people have felt that that's that's an area 
a, a layer of management or middle management that's kind of disappeared a little bit because some of the benefits of that face-to-face, -face, you know, these are soft benefits that, that that are harder to maybe, you know, quantify, but, um, you know, that, that helps this, this feeling of being alone when you, when you show up to check in and no one's there. Uh, I think that that can be, you know, a detriment to, you know, long-term valued employees. And so um, tell me a little bit about the, the Dana Horn dream check-in. So if you were designing from scratch, let's come up with the best, kind of the best practice. So handhelds yeah. are going to handle all this. We're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> and this is, this is, this is my dream yeah. that you would come into. I'm all about image. I think we're image makers and I'm all about a clean atmosphere, nice, clean. I would like them to come into a nice, clean room, air conditioned, comfortable. You know, if there's even a couch or whatever to sit on, um, comfortable, an environment where they can work and do their paperwork in, in, in area, little refrigerator in there. They can come in and have a drink because they've had a hard day right, right now. It's hot, very hot. So coming in and feeling in a comfortable atmosphere, doing their paperwork to start off with for their check-in and for any questions that they have, um, where it's an ease of documentation that they can get, being able to go over to the route check-in person, their manager, and have a conversation. It's not, I don't want it to be a, did you do this? Did you do that? You know, a drill down. How was today? What went good today? Have open-ended questions. And then as, as you're doing that, really talk about what are there? How are we going to get you to make your goals? You know, because what are your, one of my things as a manager, I want to know people's dreams. How am I going to get you to get to your dream? You know, how, how are we going to achieve that? And if I know your dreams and I know what drives you as a manager, I can coach you to that. So um, having that person there that genuinely cares about the company, as well as the employee and the customers, that three-legged stool, you want to make sure um, they're touching all bases. And so that's my dream where you go in a check-in and you don't dread it. It's actually something you, you look forward to. You know, I get to go and talk and it's not too long. Just a you know a little bit of conversation, but I know where I stand as a route rep when I leave. I might have been educated some more. I might have got some kudos when I was there. I might have all the tools I need prepped to make me feel more confident for something I have to do tomorrow with a customer. And I feel confident that I did a good job today, and I'm a, I'm prepared to do a good job tomorrow. So that's my dream check in is. And I don't think it's that hard to get to. It's getting the buy-in from everybody and, um, you know, having that person that mostly the check-in person needs to understand that dream. So, yeah, one of the things that I was going to, one of the reasons I'm so interested in uh, having RSRs that are, that are trained and coached is that operators in this industry have spending so much money on their plants and their equipment. They've got the latest and greatest of everything. And, um, but the customer 99% of the time, the only thing they see is the person that drops off the product. And that's all they know about the company in most cases. And so that's how important it is to have, you know, that consistency in, in this day and age with so much turnover, um, you know, We've got all kinds of things at play here, but so having someone that feels like they're in the the dream role that you know and have 
feel coached and supported is just more important than ever. So are you, is there anything, you're, most people, you know, hiring is a challenge for everyone. Is there anyone, any, anything you've been successful that you can share as far as bringing on new route reps, things you're looking for, any strategies you have? Um, I've tried a lot because it is difficult this day, especially in a small rural town where we're at and the travel and finding those individuals that can do the work, want to do the work and will excel at the work. And so we have tried a few different things. I mean, I know from my history back when I was in HR um, with CentOS, you know, I had different techniques, but again, the environment has changed and that's like, one of the reasons I wanted to jump back into the operator side is because I like to train, but I need to understand what's going on firsthand now, you know, because it is different. It's very different because sometimes before it was people wanted more money. They wanted money and benefits, right? Now, sometimes I have to remind people to ask about benefits if they're even <laughs> interested in them. Um, the money, they'll say, yeah, they want more money, but they don't want to do the work to get the more money, right? Or they they really want flex time or you know more time at home to do those things. Unfortunately, with our industry, we can't have flex time because we're trying to produce a product to go out to our customers at a certain time of day. And so that makes it a little bit difficult and I'm really exploring that in different ways. Have I got it figured out yet? No, but I'm I'm we're going to get there. Um, you know, doing the assessments, I think, are very critical. Whatever assessments you try to do, I've done many over the years. I'm trying out another one right now. And because people are very rehearsed in interviewing, they know how to interview and how to win people over. And a lot of times, even back in the day, I remember that was not the person I interviewed who's working here now. You know, it's really different. So having those personality assessments as well as, um, you know, knowledge assessments, I feel is important. And um, so we have some things that we're doing there now. Another thing I would say is, and I'm teaching my team on this, and red flags. If you already see a red flag at the beginning, Let's go ahead and cut that off because those red flags, if they're already throwing them up, more are going to come up, right? And it's a lot of time and energy and effort going into training. So you want to make sure you have that right person um, that fits the culture, that fits the mold, that fits, you know, that training path and dream that you want to get them to. So um, really been focusing on the red flags, personality, knowledge assessments, the ride-along, I think most people in our industry do do a ride-along. Some have stopped doing it. Um, I feel that is very imperative uh, because they people will say, oh, yeah, that's not bad. That's, that, I can do that. You know, no problem. It's not a hard job. And then they get out there, especially on a route, right? And we're spe specifically talking about route routes. They're like, this is not for me, right? This is too yeah. much. <laughs> and so I think that's important because... I, I view being in a position or a job, it's like a marriage. You know, both of you got to want it. Both of you got to work together and um, to make it work and to make it. So if they don't understand it and they're not coming in fully committed, it's not going to work. 
So do you have so you have other employees that get to ride along and see what the route service reps do every day? Are are you also are also doing uh, from a management perspective? Are you having managers ride the routes to see, uh, kind of do assessment on the routes? Yes, um, in a perfect world that would happen all the time. With turnover, unfortunately, it doesn't happen as much as I'd like. I do believe in it because again, that's their support system and to see face to face what they're doing or what they can be coached along to. I do have managers ride with people um, fairly often, but that's that is a good coaching mechanism um, that I agree with. My dream again is to have everybody in the facility ride a route. I'm talking about from soil sorting to the office manager. And I think it because I'll tell people all the time and my team gets tired of hearing me say this. I'm a visual person. I'm, I don't describe something to me like a building or whatever. I need to see it for me to understand it. And so, and I'm also very kin- um, kinetic, which means I need to touch it, feel it to understand it. So, that's lacking for some people. If I'm a soil sorter and don't understand how the product's coming in and how to sort it, or I'm a laundry operator and don't understand the customers it's going to, or what happens if the bundles are mixed, you know, where it flows in the chain, it, it it's hard and you get to that finger pointing. But if I have everybody ride a route and then they understand, oh, okay, I know what the struggles are. How can I do my job better to support my customer, which is my route rep. Now, all the route reps that come through, they do go through the plant. Um, they have a training process in the plant in every department. I do this and I have it scheduled a little bit later in their training. So they understand they've already been on the route a little bit to understand how the what questions to ask, why they're in the office, why they're in the plant and what the customers are seeing as end result. And now they can see firsthand the other side. And I think it's important, too, because if a route rep gets asked a question by a customer and they say, how do you quality quality control these items? The route rep can firsthand, I mean, with confidence, state how the quality control works because they've done it. It's always nice because, you know, that's a great quality to have is just to ask questions and and even ask basic questions and just not get into that assumption part. And because there are a lot of people that they don't feel comfortable asking that question. So if your training is based around the lowest common denominator, some way, sometimes it seems simple, but sometimes the most basic things aren't, aren't obvious. Right. Like your McDonald's cup story. Yeah. So, right. uh, but uh, I, I do have a couple, I do have a couple uh do have a question I want um to see if you'll you'll answer i'll even give you a choice so i always like to find out what to find out I'm, I'm i like reading i like watching shows so you can tell me a a, a good book to read a, a good movie or a favorite movie or something else fun you've done recently oh, just uh, any of those choices uh you can you can tell me a, a show you've um, recently seen that you like the movie a book or something else you've done that's been fun but for fun, I do like historical uh, fiction. There, I'm currently just started the other day, and it actually, I've noticed it portrays a lot to work. This is a great author. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of him. His name is Pat Conroy, and he is out of um, South, South Carolina, Carolina. Around, the, around the Charleston area. Did you go with me on that tour? I, uh, the island? 
I went on a food tour with you in uh, Key West, I believe. Yeah. But, no, this but- was a this was a tour in Hilton Head going to an island. Um, I think it's called Defusky. And I say that because in Pat's book, he changes the name. But um, anyway, he has several books that he's writing right now um, or, or has written. Right now, I'm reading The Lords of Discipline. And um, a spot in this book in The Lords of Discipline talked about, you know, quitting and how there's quitters or people that walk away from stuff. And he basically said, you don't quit. And so I don't know, it just, it hit home for me as a life lesson too, because there's a lot of things in life that it's hard guys. Um, But if you dig down deep inside, you can, you can make it happen. Well, thank you. Those were really uh, wonderful words. And I appreciate you sharing that and uh, uh, just reinforced everything I know about you. And I, I, Really was my pleasure to have you on. Thank you all for inviting me, Eric. It's always a pleasure. I enjoy being around you. You're a good person as well as an excellent um, business person. You know, I um, I appreciate you bringing me on and to talk to me. I hope any little piece of nugget that you may can get from me that it may help. But also know that I learn from each and every one of y'all every day. Well, thanks. And I think we got a bunch of nuggets, so we got a whole bag full. So thanks for your time. (laughs) All right. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got a great resource uh, that you can fill out. If you're interested in learning how to streamline your routes, we've put together a ROI calculator that just takes a few pieces of information about your operation and will run the numbers and tell you how much money and time you can save every day. Click the link below if you want to go to that webpage. If you're listening, you can go to the alliancesystems.com website, click on resources, then click on Laundry Talks podcast, and you'll find a blog recap of every podcast and a link to that calculator. Thanks.